from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quackett Smith. Me, oh my, I haven't enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on. Enjoy. Draft Rugby, the game they play online in heaven. Welcome to the Draft Rugby podcast, the podcast that they play in heaven. I'm joined by my brother Nelson this week, just the dynamic duo uh, recording tonight. Kagi not with us. Nelson, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. We're actually doing this by, you know, just lots of requests. People say, can you drop Kagi? And, you know, we just listen to the people. That's right. We are we are definitely uh, prone to, we'll follow what was wanted from the group for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, and we are voted in. We were the people, weren't we? We are. We are. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right. On that note, though, we're talking about three sides. We are talking about Moana Pacifica, the Crusaders and the Chiefs this week, taking a deep dive into their squads and what their chances are for the year. Um, but before we go into that, let's uh, let's go through our entree this week, which is just touching on a couple of the uh, warm-up games that we had over the weekend. If you're yeah. watching on YouTube, we do have the, uh, the images, slides, everything on there, so I encourage you to get on there and... Uh, we also like to chop it up so you can kind of get in there and, and look at each team as you have time as well if the uh, the podcast format's not for you. But so, else we'll yeah, the, throw to you. The Aussies have started and the Kiwis, they, they join in next week. And we had the Waratahs versus the Brumbies. Where was this one down? This down down in the country somewhere, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll just say we'll, we'll. <laughs> Um and yeah, team they basically did two different teams, both halves, and, and mixed it up a little bit. But the Brumbies were too strong and held out the Waratahs, uh, who pushed late, scored a try late, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there was a few things to to note. Corey Tool coming across uh from the sevens. He apparently he lit it up. Um the the Brumbies, the driving wall is as strong as ever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they scored another brilliant driving more try, but there, there was a lot to like for both teams. But obviously, Wallabies and stuff will, will trickle back in, and I think fill in next week. But yeah, the the Brumbies got it done in this one. Yeah, and I, I think the big takeaway is that you, trial form isn't going to tell you too much. You know, the, the sides are going to be very close. I don't think you can get too deep into the who actually took the game or where the pros and cons were on each side. The Waratahs ran out of quite a strong side. I think both teams are in quite a strong side in the first half, and then the Tars sub their entire team in the second yeah. half, whereas the Brums just made some select changes as the half went on. So kind of different strategies about how they're trying to build into their season. The, the coaches were talking as well. Like this is a time to give people a few runs. Next week, you know, we're probably going to see some more combinations. We saw Ben Donaldson at 10, then we saw Tane Edmund at 10 after starting at 12 and Donna shifted to 15. So there's, there's a lot to, to take if you watched it. But it's it's hard to know what's going to be valuable moving forward. Yeah, yeah. And the other game uh, to touch on that one as well. The Western Force <clears throat> hosted the Reds. Uh, I read the the game summary. Couldn't get the uh, video footage for this one. I just, uh, on that note, before we get to that, how about Bar TV? It was six bucks to watch the trial. Yeah, they've done that in the last couple of years. Oh, I, yeah. I didn't realize they were charging for it. Oh, it's a tricky one. You know, they they definitely supply a lot of rugby, uh, and it's not always easy to get. You know. Good, good setups there. So it's a bit of a tr- tricky one. You'd, you'd prefer Rugby Australia or someone else to throw the money into it or it's going to charge us 10 bucks a month for all of rugby, whereas we're paying six bucks for a single game with lower coverage. Yeah, you're talking, you're talking about a massive company and then like... Yeah, I just think Stan should be hosted putting it on then. Yeah, they should quite clearly. Yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that there. The Force, uh, I read their review of it and it was great seeing the wording from a team that lost 10 to 45. You, you really thought that it was a tight game all the way through. The Reds did score a couple of very late tries to their young winger. 
um, which might have blown the score up further than uh, than it might have otherwise been. But really, the, the takeaway from this one was that the Force are going to struggle. They haven't got their combinations, and the Reds are looking pretty pretty dominant when they have their top team on the park. Yeah, it was an interesting one. I think we saw Isaac Rodder return for the Force as well. So you know, it's it's not like they're missing too many players. Um, the Reds, Harry Wilson, you know, really shone throughout this one. Um, you know, ball in hand, doing his own running and, and distributing, setting up tries around them. But there are a number of young players who who stepped up as well. Um, we're going to see Tom Liner. We're going to see who else was there? Young winger. Harry McLaughlin Phillips, I think it was. Yeah. That scored the double leg. I say young winger, but apparently he's a, a fly half who was playing wing to give him some game time by the sounds of it. Oh, really? I, I hadn't heard that, to be honest. Yeah, apparently. So, yeah, interesting. Again, you know, lots of young talent to see, but there's not too much to read into the form of these sides moving forward. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, on that note, we'll uh, we'll push on, won't we? So the podcast today, as we said, we're going to preview three of the sides. <clears throat> the first of those have been Moana Pacifica. So we're going to deep dive the ins and outs, their best 15 and all the changes that's going on on that team over there. Um, based in Auckland still this year, right? I know that uh, their coaching staff have been, have been quoted saying that they're hoping in the next five years to have the de- development pathway significantly better through Samara and Tonga. But obviously that's going to take a little while to set up. So at the moment, very much this, a similar side to last year. But uh, still leaning on New Zealand rugby to help it kind of, I think, help with a lot of the infrastructure as well. Yeah, look, they're a year further into their development. You know, a lot of players blooded for the first time in professional rugby last year or, you know, taking a step up from minor 10 cups. So it'll be really interesting to see with another year on the belt how they go. And I mean, if you're not watching, guys, we've got a, a photo of a man that we are keen to see more of throughout the year, Tava Tava Nawai. Yeah, I think we'll say him a few more times throughout the, this pod. So. Yeah, I'm sure. <clears throat> All right. So if we go to the squad first, the significant ins and outs. Firstly, there's only actually one newly signed player Two. and no one. Oh, His yeah. name is Miracle Fai Ilangi. And uh, he is a young back rower. I think he's 23 years old, I want to say, out of Samoa. Um, I, I, I didn't realise this before uh, reading up about him, but World Rugby are holding like a Pacifica like opportunity, like training camp, basically, where the Moana Pacific coaches went out and had a look and they were hoping to sign a couple of players. Miracle ended up being the, the standout performer. He did play uh, Samoan Sevens internationally yeah. last year as well. So, you know, he's obviously a fit young guy, dynamic back rower. So it's going to be exciting to see him go around. And then the other the other players that are new on contracts, you've got Abraham Pole, uh, Mahonri Ngakuru, Michael Curry and uh, D'Angelo Leuila. I can't speak today. Leah Willer. Yeah, yeah. Leah Willer. So there's a few guys there that uh, that have earned full contracts that were actually in and around the squad last year and ended up getting some time. So those names are probably a little bit more familiar. Yeah, there's been a few losses as well. I mean, there's actually quite a long list, but the, the ones to note are um, Vecoso Poloniati, Henry Timus Stowers. That's a big one to lose. Solomoni Kata, who looks like he's doing, you know, pretty well physical. Uh, playing overseas in, in the Exeter Chiefs, and Nigel R. Wong, who has returned to Bay of Plenty. 
Yeah, just um, just some, some quality players there, which is going to be interesting to see players that maybe aren't quite as well established at this level and how they're going to fill in. The big one for me was Poliniati, uh, just because they don't have a lot of established locks, and I think that's probably one of their weaker areas. So it's going to yeah. be very interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, look, there's a, there's a few players there in the locks that are um, interested to see, but they just don't have that much, you know, cohesion and uh, experience. So if we go across into their top side for this year, so not their starting side round one necessarily, but what we think their top side will be, we've got Abraham Pohl, Ray Nguyen, and Sekopikepu as the front row. Obviously, Sekopikepu, just a stalwart of the game um, and a real leader in this side. So... It's just great to see him still playing over there. Uh, we've got Mike Curry and Sam Slade in the locks. Solomone Funaki at the sixth jersey. Really excited to see more of him. Alamanda Motunga um, and Jack Lamb at number eight. Yeah, and in the backs, you've got Jonathan Tamatini, Christian Lea Leafano, uh, Danny Tawala, Levi Moore in the centres. And then we've gone with Timothy Tabatabanawai on the left wing. Uh, probably the player of the year last year in our eyes, I'm sure. Tima Fenger Anuku, obviously brother playing over in the Crusaders, and then William Habili in the fullback jersey. That's a pretty solid back line. Um, pretty ex- exciting Just to, bit, to yeah. watch. Yeah, if we go across into the bench, we've got uh, Luderu Tolai, Ezekiel Lindemuth, Joe Apakatoa. Then Locks, we were, we were talking about a little bit before. I think maybe Alex McRobbie, but also we've got Mahonri Nangakuru. Um, then for the back row cover, we've got Sione Tuopolotu, who is, uh, plays for Samoa. Uh, yes, yeah. And then uh, also Arianari we've got as the reserve halfback in the squad, probably going to be their next choice there. Henry Tafu, who may well, very well start a fair few games. And then we couldn't split between Anzello, Tuatabaki and Tomasi Alessio. So uh, there's obviously a lot of chat opportunity for the, the players in the outside backs. There's just so many dynamic players. Yeah, we can't live out. They've also got Neromai, uh, Formai. Yeah. There's, there's so many in the outside yeah. backs. There, there's a lot of talent yeah. uh, there. <laughs> Vicenia as well. So there's there's a lot in the outside backs. Yeah. Let's go key questions. Um, for me, the, the biggest question is, will they settle on a top 15 and 23, or will they continue to rotate the squad? You know, obviously we had that discussion with the Indrua that they had spoken about the fact last year was their time to give everyone a chance, but this year they really want to get some continuity. What do you what do you think the approach is going to be from Super Rugby Pacific, and have you heard the coaching staff say anything about it? Oh, look, I don't think I've actually heard them come out and say anything, but you've got to assume it's going to be pretty similar. There was a lot of guys blooded to this level uh, throughout 2022. Not a lot of ins in this squad. So my assumption would be, we're going to see them, you know, start pretty early with what they think their top side might be. We might see a couple of changes as players sort of evolve throughout the season. But I, I think they're going to be trying to pick and stick through a lot of this season. Yeah, it, well, it did look like they kind of worked out who their strongest yeah. side was last year, but it didn't change from making wholesale changes and putting their second side on a lot of weeks as well. Yeah, I, th- I think we've got to realise that they also didn't have a huge build-up into the season. Like, a lot of these guys were getting pulled in really late last year where they've got a full pre-season in now, so they don't necessarily need to worry, I think, as much about those minutes and, you know, trying to make sure players aren't, you know, pushed too hard too early throughout the year. I think it'll help that they're not going to play half a dozen games midweek as well, you know, that would be a pretty big, big challenge and probably one of the reasons you get that change. True. I don't know. It was like four games in like 12 days or something. Yeah. Yeah, four, five days. Anyway, we, we got the uh, the squad 
actually the, the whole squad for 2023 on the screen as well. But there's a few selection headaches that we just want to discuss. The first one is hook, is at hooker. Uh, we've got mm. Lotteru Tolai, Ray Nuia and Samuela Molly as well. All three got significant game time last year. We've gone, or I've gone, I should say, with uh, Ray Nuia, Nuia and uh, Lotteru Tolai in that order. What do you think? Oh look, I'm probably on the. I think they're very close. Yeah, yeah I'm probably on the the same sort of pegging with you there. That that's probably the way I would be going. But it is hard to know. Um, they're the maybe the more two experienced uh, players there. So I, I think they're going to get the runs. Yep. The next one was at lock. We've picked Sam Slade. I think we were. You know, he's a favourite of ours before the season even started last year with his bleach bond hair and the athletic things that he can do. And then I mentioned uh, that they've had a change in their their second row because Poloniati has left. Um, Mike McKee seemed to be the uh, the next. Oh, Mike Curry, sorry, seemed to be the next choice. He's obviously a blindside flanker as well, so they can play across the the forward pack. But um, seemed to be their next choice. Uh, we've also got uh, Nankuru, uh, who is straight out of. Um, What's it called? Help me out here. He plays with uh, Crusaders. Might have. Yeah, might have been. Not, not Christ Church. Oh, Canterbury. No, no. Oh, ta- no. Um, Tasman. Yes, yeah. Tasman Marco. Yes, yeah. so lock out of there as well. And obviously uh, got some game time last week as well. And then last year, sorry. And then you got Mike McKee as well, who uh, also got a fair bit of time. And Al- uh, sorry, Alex McRobbie got a lot of time as well. So they've, they've got options there. Yeah. Look, uh, Mick Robbie, I thought was quite an exciting player when we see little bits and pieces of him. So there's, it's it's hard to know, hard to know without that experience who you're going to pick out of those next couple guys, though. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it down as Michael Curry. Uh, obviously, I picked him in the 23 and the 15 uh, side as well. So I just think that they showed late in the season that that's the way that they were going to kind of lean. But obviously, there's a a fair bit of competition around that jersey as well, whereas I think Sam Slade will probably hold down one locking spot. Yeah, look, for me, Sam Slade's the, the man that's locked in throughout the whole list, but I, I do think Curry is yeah probably a good choice too. Loose forwards. Now, I'm not going to list off all the, the loose forwards because we'll be here all day, but we've, we've gone, as we said, with Solomoni, Funaki, Alamanda, Matunga and Jack Lamb. Obviously, Team A Stow has not been there this year. Jack Lamb, we're, we're picking to step up. He's obviously a bit of a leader in that side. And he is an elder statesman as well. So there's some opportunities there. But, but it's just, there's just so many players that can be so, so damaging. We've gone with Sione Tuopolotu on the bench. I think he very much may push into the starting side. And same with Lotu and Isi as well. Yeah, Tuopolotu actually throughout the back end of the year got quite a few runs um, seemed to start kind of owning that six jersey through periods with mm. Thomas Dowers and that eight, eight jersey. Um, I think throughout a lot of that, um, there was an injury to Matunga um, through through periods of that as well. So it is gonna, it's going to be interesting to see. But you've gone the elder statesman, you know, the the more experienced players there. But the one who could upset it, I think, is to uh, to a quality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then finally, the uh, the outside backs. I think everyone knows now that uh, Timothy Tavatavanawai is going to be first picked on any team list. Just I think if he got picked up for the Crusaders, he'd be playing All Blacks and then he'd be the breakout player of the year that year, let's be honest. Or he was playing for the Wallabies or wherever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But yeah. anyway, he, he'll be on one wing. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm pretty confident myself that William Mobili is going to be at fullback. Yeah. I would say he made that jersey his own in the back end of last year. Then I remember them talking, I think it's for Tonga. He plays for, yeah, plays for Tonga. Um, they called him in as the backup fly half in their squad for the first time last year, despite the fact that he played fullback all the way through and he ended up playing the last test of the year for Tonga at 10. And then he also ended up as the, the 10 for Tasman Marco as well for the whole year last year as well, just playing 80 minutes week in, week out. So he's obviously been developed a lot over the last 12 months as a playmaker and I think having that second playmaker out the back to help get the ball out to the likes of players like Tavanawai I, I think it's just logical to be honest yeah and he's got a really good boot on him so I think he can help control that the side with um, Lili Afano as well so f- for me he's the the most logical pick if they wanted a dynamic you know, line up, they could be doing things like throwing Tuala in there, which they've done, or maybe Vicenia in there as well. But to me, for, for me, I think um, Havili is the man. man for my, the role. my gut feel is Vicenia is Back a little way away from the starting side. You know, he, yeah. he probably was the least favoured last year. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the other the other players there, we got we still have a right wing to fill. We've gone with Timo Fenga Anuku. Uh, I think at his best he was probably the guy putting his hand up, but maybe not quite as consistent as uh, as you'd like as well. Do you think that he's got much pressure from anyone in particular with Tuatavuki, Vesenia, Formai, uh, Alessio? Like, there's a lot of guys there. And, you know, the other one I should mention is Dan Tuala, often pushed back to 15 last year, so take for a good start as well. So well, that was, was going to be the next thing I said. Again, it's what do you do with your centres? If Taifu is in the centres, Tuala's in that but outside backs. That could be a, a likely thing to upset him. But playing Anuku and Tavatavanawa are both very strong physical wingers. So mm. it depends if they want to point a difference on one of the wings. Tawala, if he is filling in a wing, we saw him filling points there as well as fullback. Um, he is quite a different style winger. Um, so it depends if they want to give him a crack or you know, even, as you said, for Maya, he, he had chances last year and looked quite impressive as well. Yeah, I, th- I think my, my pick is that, uh, obviously, well, he named it in the side, but Tudovuki and Alessio, I think they're probably, if they're looking for someone with a different profile, probably the most likely options. Yeah. Um, one more question I've got here. Basically, is there a handover that's going to occur from Sekopi Kepu and Christian Leolea-Fano, or will they continue to play big minutes? Where do you think they're at? Uh, look, I, I think they're going to want to keep building and, and moving forward. They probably want to have some consistency with these players through there. So I don't think we're seeing lots of changes uh, and them not really getting those runs in those positions. I, I think they want that experience continuing to build cohesion around them and making this side stronger and, and more competitive moving forward. Yeah, yeah. And look, I, I agree. Leo Leofano, um he was apparently quoted saying to Aaron Major that he reckons he's got plenty more years in him. So I don't think he's looking at handing over the reins after this year, to be honest. So Kopi Kepu as well, I just think there's, there's a very large gulf to their next tight head as well. So I think they'll be trying to get whatever they can out of him to try and be successful now and then worry about building the next tight head as a secondary issue. Yep. Um, having said that, though, I would just mention Lincoln McClutchy still with that side and obviously very, very skilled. Arian Nari the same. You know, there was a real battle for the jersey with Tamatini there as well. And special mention to uh, D'Angelo Leuila as well. Uh, plays a lot of 12 uh, I, th- I think it was Tasman, um, but played a lot of minutes this year as well in the MPC and plays international footy as well. So so uh, a pretty impressive young guy as well. He, he's, oh, he's playing Waikato. Waikato, yeah. All right, stocks rising, Nels. 
For the Stocks Horizon, we've got Abraham Pohl. Uh, he went from injury cover at the Crusaders to joining Moana Pacifica and then really established himself in, in that starting side. And I think he's quite a solid scrummager, a solid player for them. So we've got him down as, you know, their, their starting, you know, uh, loose head prop. And I think he's quite a quite a good player for them. Yeah, he was outstanding last year. I think you're I think you're right. I think he'll hold that. Uh, the other one I had was William Havili, who I've talked about already. Uh, I think he's just established himself as probably the next guy in line to really start steering the ship around. Yep. And, you know, Lincoln McClutchy is obviously another young playmaker that, that might get some time. But considering Havili's uh, preference to play 15 in this side and can he can shift up as a second playmaker, I think he's going to have a big, big season. Yep. And then if we go across the stocks falling, we've got Henry Tafu. It's a tough one. I'm, I'm a fan of Henry Tafu. We've got Danny. Oh, my. Yeah. Levi Mua is obviously their first choice centre. You know, he's he's the man you're throwing in no matter what for, for me. Um, and we've given Danny Tawala that other centre jersey. But, you know, even, even if Tafu is getting runs, they're sharing game time. So yeah. it, that's that's a difficult thing for him. So he had a good season. He was quite, you know, a pivotal player for them when he got the chances and when he was on the field. Um, but, yeah, maybe his minutes will be decreasing a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And on the Smokies, I've talked about him once already, but I'm going to go with Miracle Fai Ilangi. Um, I just think that uh, any two-metre tall, 103-kilo Samoan back rower, only 23 years old, who's got sevens fitness coming into the game, like, just I, I wouldn't mind if they gave him a run early in the season just so we, so we can see how he can actually play. And, yep. you know, it's, it, it just it makes you excited, to be honest. He's one of those characters that I'm sure if Kagi was here, he would have said his name another five or six times by now for sure. Definitely. And uh, one more. Tava Tava Nawai. Let's just mention that name one more time before Stop we move on. Yeah, yeah surprising. He was, he was amazing. But let's just push him up even further this year. Well, he was. I think he was number one in the yeah. uh, fantasy footy game last year. Yeah. So On my side, so... Yeah, didn't get you anywhere though, did it? All right. What about regular season? On the air, regular season means nothing much, much, mate. Ask the Blues. But we're not talking about the Blues. We are talking about the Chiefs. So significant ins and outs, Nelson, on the Chiefs. If we scroll into that, do you want to give us the ins? Yeah, we've got a big name in John Ryan. Some of you might not know who that uh, that is, but he's from Ireland and Munster, 34-year-old, 201 games for Munster, plus a couple for the Wasps as yeah, he, well. He was in that Wasp side that dissolved, so he got a, he went straight back to Munster on a short contract after that. There you go. Found his way in New Zealand, 24 caps for Ireland between 2016 and 2021. Had a bit of a run with the Barbarians last year as well. So we've got him coming across being you know quite a pivotal player for them this year in, in their 23. Particularly covering for Angus Tavau, who's had his next surgery and won't be playing all year. Yes, so I assume he's going to be getting big minutes. We've yep. also got uh, Manaki Selby Rickett coming across from the Highlanders uh, as a lock. Damian McKenzie, the return of the Mac, covering fullback, covering 10, just get the man on the field, bulk minutes. Uh, he's an exciting, exciting player. And Nani Putabai coming across from the Highlanders as well, who's had you know mixed chances there, but it's been exciting in, in certain glimpses. Yeah, and on the outs, we've got uh, Sianni Mafaleo and Ruben O'Neill, two props. Uh, Ruben O'Neill missed all of last year with an injury and, uh, again, listed as injured and not available this year. So I'm not exactly sure what's going on there, but obviously a pretty serious one for him. So hopefully we do see him back. 
Uh, Hamilton Burr drops back into the uh, cover list rather than the, the starting squad, the main squad. Mitch Brown has gone over to Japan, the back row who we saw play so much, so many minutes at lock and back row. And often, you know, we, we, we didn't think it was going to happen, to be honest. But he seemed like, to be there mixed to fix it. For he, those he really was. He really was. I think he would have packed down a hooker if they needed him to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Mitch Jacobson, obviously, his brother in the side as well. Um, Caleb Trask, another young fly-out playing over at Honda Heat in Japan. Jonah Lowe gone over to the Highlanders looking for opportunity. Chase Tiatia over to the Western Force, again, looking for more game time. And uh, and a better country. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and uh, can't go past as well their director of rugby, Warren Gatland. Uh, I, I did hear somewhere that he didn't really enjoy that role. He wanted a more hands-on coaching role. Um, so, yeah, he, he's gone, but obviously a lot of continuity regardless with Clayton McMillan still there. Yeah, there's still a lot of talent in this squad as well. Are we going to jump across and talk a little bit about the replacements for the preseason? Yeah, well, they've signed it's 12 players or something like that as not full season contracts, but as the re- injury replacement players that basically already named them. And, I mean, there's only one reason that we're really bringing this up, and that's because of Solomon Alamano. <laughs> So apparently he is uh, in a pretty good headspace. He's come back from the Highlanders over back to the Chiefs to his uh, spiritual home, I'm sure. And they said he's got to work through a few injuries trying to get his body ready for Super Rugby again. He has played a bit of minor 10 um, in the on MB, uh, yeah, minor nice. 10, yeah, for uh, Bunnings NPC, sorry, um, over the last couple of years as well. So we're kind of hoping that... No, I'm going to change my words there. We're not hoping that he gets a run because that would mean there's an injury to one of the outside backs. But if he is given a run, I think we know how high the ceiling is in his talent and we think that he could be an absolute standout player. So he's going to come up again when we start talking Smokies, but it's a bit of a spoiler. Yeah, look, it's hard. You say we don't hope he's going to get a run, but we do hope he's going to get a run. He's a player with so much excitement, with a really tough few years um, so I 100% want to see him get a run. I, I don't wish an injury upon anyone else. He can break his way into the squad by... It's impossible. Yeah. I mean, injure someone else, fake an injury. I don't care. Look, he needs to work his way into this squad. If you have a hooker go down, a prop go down, yeah, that's go down I don't care. Straight get up, this yeah. man in. There will be an injury in this squad. And if he's working hard enough, he is talented enough that you just make way for the bloke. Yeah, look, I, th- I think they're uh, they're obviously treading carefully, trying not to put too too much pressure on him with yep. his mental health issues. So we uh, we wish him the best and hope we get to see him out in the park because he's very very exciting. Alamalo, that's right. I haven't even done that yet, have I? Alamalo. Anyway, I will uh, we'll push on. The uh, the best fifteen or the best twenty three for the Chiefs, Nels. Geez, these images just keep getting better. Yeah, I don't know. You hang someone. Um, so we'll jump into the forwards. We've got Aiden Ross in the loose head with John Ryan, we touched on earlier, in the tight head will be a pivotal position for them uh, throughout this year. Samasoni Takiaho, I can't yell everyone's name, but that was a fun one too, uh, in the hooker jersey, a very important player through them through the last few seasons and, and again through 2023. Brody Retallick, you might have heard him before, Tupavaya, his locking partner, and then we go across into a pretty exciting back row with Luke Jacobson, Sam Kane, and Petagas Suwakula. I don't want to yell that name, but I, I do want to. Yeah, okay. Brad Weber, Bryn Gatland as the nine and tens in our top side. Gwinter Pyre and Anton Leonard Brown in the centres. And Atteni Nanai Saturo, Shooter Stevenson, and D Mac McKenzie in the uh, outside backs. It's just. 
Every year we say it for the Chiefs, but it is a fire, absolute fire. Jeez, there's a lot of people still missing it. I know, right? There's so <laughs> many things that aren't in that 15, but let's go to this. So, some of them. Yeah, so we'll jump into the, the bench. So Bradley Slater, we've got covering hooker from the bench. Ollie Norris, and then for the tight head, we've got either George Dyer or Atu Molly. Yeah, Dyer, Dyer um, the preferred player at the back end of last year. I just know that. Molly's had a lot of injuries, and he's obviously a, a, an excellent, excellent prop. So if he can get his body right, I think that he's still a good opportunity to push in and take the jersey. We've got Josh Lord down, but let's not forget they've got Anatoa Arkoy. They've got Lachlan McWannell. Um, there's Selby Rickett has come across this year. Um, I think Harry's going to have a little look at Casualty Ward. Do we have any injuries for, for any of those guys as well? No, nah, they just decided they wanted to stock every single young lock in the country. It's what a I, what lot of locks. What I was going to say is the reason we've gone with Josh Lord is because he's got his first yeah. two New Zealand caps last year. So it's it's hard not to see him as the front runner. Um, but yeah, as you very rightly touched on, Thank there you. is just so much depth. All of them are so good. I, I think personally, it's really disappointing to see Minaki Selby Rookie coming across. You don't know the reasons for it. It just makes no sense. Yeah. I would have far rather than he played big minutes over at the Highlanders this year. Instead, I I can't see why he would get any time at all in the 23 this year. Unless he's wanting to try and be like a six-lock cover or something like that for them. But, you know, maybe he's taking a position off the next one of the next guys we're talking about, Samo Penny Finau, you know, as a as a bit of a utility cover on, on the bench. But, yeah, we've got Samo Penny Finau. Yeah, down as a back row. Well, I mean, he's an absolute weapon and he was just hitting everyone so hard last year. But you've got to remember as well, Tipo Baye is uh, trying to make himself an international six hybrid as well. So yeah. I think uh, they've got some versatility there, which means that it's going to be hard for anyone to push into that side. In the reserve backs, we've gone for Cortez Ratama uh, over Xavier Rowe. Um, in the All Black 15 squad, uh, the backup squad last year on New Zealand 15 side. And there's big, big wraps on him as the probably the more likely player to come through. But obviously Xavier Earl, another excellent, excellent young nine. I think both of them have big futures. And then uh, we've got Alex Nangavel, who I just can't believe isn't in this side. Personally, I, I'm, I was tempted to put him in for Shooter, but Shooter's just playing so well, so much better than expected that uh, I couldn't really bring myself to do it. And then finally, I've got Joshuane in the uh, 23 jersey as well. Just to highlight some of the changes that we could see here, we could have D-Mac at 10, Joshuane at fullback. We could see Narrower come on to a wing. He's a, a really exciting player. Alex Nangavel, he could easily be starting in the centre. I know you were saying that. I just love the bloke. And I... I could. Uh, he's got two all black partners. He's not starting above him. He'll get I, a run. He'll get. He'll. He'll rotate through and get time. Look, I, they weren't afraid through parts of last year to to give him a start over to buy. Yeah, I mean, Anton and Brown was injured all year, so that helps. You know, but still, they had they had Anton to buy. Uh, Anton to buy. Uh, to buy out. They had Nankerville on wings at certain points. Yeah, yeah. They were trying to That's get what him. I mean. Just get him on the side. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he is a really exciting player. And I think he's a player that's still evolving, and he's brilliant. So. Yeah. Look on on the uh, key questions for the Chiefs. I've got point one: locking lunacy. Do you like that? I like that. Britallic by E. Lord McWannell. And now Monarchy, Selby Rickett. I think we've discussed this enough, but in my eyes, Selby Rickett ain't getting a run and McWannell's probably the next one. That's probably the least likely, I think. Um, 
the other's probably a little bit ahead. I, I haven't even got Natua Akoi there. Like, there's, <laughs> there's so many. Yeah. So many you missed him. Right yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to, to rattle them all off the top of your head. Yeah. There's too many. And, uh, look, we, we've touched on the next key question as well, Nankervell's role. Uh, do you think he'll get time on the wing? Um, well, I think he'll get starts. Look, I, I think he'll get some starts, whether it's rotational stuff in the centres, getting a chance on the wing throughout points of the year. He he will be a player that does get starts. I just don't see him in the starting side week in, week out. Yeah. Uh, Josh Iwane, is he on the outer or can he actually get a starting spot back? He started at 10, 12 and 15, playing big minutes for Otago every single week. So he's obviously showing his versatility over there. I don't think the 12 jersey is going to help him at all on this no. side, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, if DMAC wants the 15 or the 10, then, I mean, that that's keys as well. So that that's the big question, really. Look, I, if DMAC is your 10, if Ring and Gatlin's not, not directing them around correctly and well enough, I think DMAC's your 10 and Joshua Wine is your 15. Yeah, and, and that could easily happen throughout this year. Yeah, I don't want to say anything negative like that about Gatlin, but I mean, he has pressure in, in that jersey, and, and I mean, if D Mac wants the ten, then that's a huge amount of pressure. Yeah, look, and I, I think Gatlin blew everyone away last year with how good he was. Yeah, but I am a big believer on you can kind of see the guys that have the potential to go to the next level, and for me, Joshua is one of them. Yep. So if his head is in the game. I'm, I firmly believe that if he gets picked at 10 and was given the season, he'd be talked up as probably the next All Blacks fly half after the World Cup along with Perra franchise. I was going to say, yeah. Whereas I, I just don't see Gatlin yeah. becoming that All Black 10 in the long run. Well, we've got well, Barrett looking offshores, Moana looking offshores. Surely D-Mac goes, give me the 10 jersey. Uh, 100%. I, I think he will. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's the chance. That's the chance there for Joshua Wani slotting, or we get Naroa slotting into that that you know back three as well. So there is there's lots that could happen throughout this side. Um, stocks rising, Harry. Do you have a stock rising? Well, my first one's got to be John Ryan, right? Like, but uh, this is he wasn't here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's, he's the, probably the only player that's come out of nowhere and is going to make it in this squad. I, I do think that he's going to be their first choice, but he's also the older statesman. So. He might only play 30 minutes or, you know, maximum 40 minutes a game at 34 years old, considering the pace of New Zealand rugby. Yep. So I, I hope that he can get up to the pace to be able to play enough minutes. Otherwise, he'll be on the bench every single week and they'll just be trying to finish their scum strum strong. But uh, I, it, in my eyes, it's a bit of a drop from him to George Dye. You know, they, they'll really miss Angus to Arvau. So John Ryan, my stock's rising and yourself? Look, I, I might say Anton Leonard-Brown. He's, he's had a few really... Injury disrupted years. Um, so if we can get him on the field, get some consistent game time. He's only 27. Um, throughout last year through Super Rugby, he had 179 minutes. Yeah. It's nothing. not a lot of rugby. So, and, and I mean, I'm pretty sure 2021, he missed a, a fair bit of that as well. Um, so, look, he, he's a player with immense talent, you know, clearly an all-black quality player. So I think if he's starting the season, full preseason, he's one to watch for sure. Stocks rising. Stocks falling. Uh, Alex Nangavel, we talked about the competition he has. Tupo Vai, I think he's going to get a real push from Josh Lord this year. Josh Lord, if there are any locks that are coming through that I think actually have the opportunity to make a real name for them in the in themselves in the uh, international side in 2024, once you start to get a bit of turnover in that squad, I reckon he's probably the pick of the bunch for me. So I, I think he might actually end up 
uh, above Tepo Vai in the uh, pecking order, but obviously they're such different mm-hmm. players as well. So I guess it, what, it depends if they really want the physicality that Vai can pick. And uh, one more, Xavier Rowe. So Xavier Rowe had a fair bit of runs, especially on the bench uh, as the the backup nine last year. You have on the chuckle. Oh, you just—he had the runs apparently. He had the runs. Uh, that's nothing wrong with that, guys. We all get them. Um, some more than others. But yeah, look, we're we're having uh, him as someone whose stocks are falling because Cortez Radom, I think, twenty-one years old now. Uh, lots of talk about him having all black quality standards and, and just pushing really, really hard to to get into this side. Um, and who who was it that was mentioning him? You you had an article you were reading. Uh, it was the Beaver. Yeah. Yeah, loves him and uh, said that he breakout was there, there. He's picked for a breakout player for the year. That's right. Yeah. Um, so not not to discount Xavier Rowe, but I just think that he probably looked like he was, um, he was a, a good chance at, yeah. at taking that next step last year. And maybe that the, you know, the light there for him is maybe just a little bit dimmer. Kind of reminds yeah. me a little bit of like the Tahuri Orangi, you know, like yeah. big, big talk, but just didn't quite take that next step. Mind you, it's, it's very hard when you're not starting every week, which, you know, neither of them will. Yeah, very much. And on the Smokies, guys, we've mentioned Solomon Alamalo. So, you know, we've, we've talked about that. Um, and mm. else, we've obviously said Cortes Ratima Radaman as well. So I won't talk about him anymore. And Money Narrower. So we got to see him have a few runs last year. I think the year before, might have 10 cut maybe at the time. Yeah, top try um, scorer. Yeah. Um, so he's just an absolute electric winger. He's still only 23 years old as well. He is lightning. He's building experience with Bay of Plenty, uh, a couple of runs at the at the Blues before coming across to the Chiefs. I really, really want to see this guy getting game time. I look per- personally, I would pick him over Shooter. Shooter's great and has absolutely you know, silence any doubters, but personally, narrower for me, he's just, his ability to just cause absolute havoc when he has ball in hand. His little chips is, and... I mean, but he's just such a hard man to put down as well. Like, he's so good. Yeah. Anyway. So, get the man on. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to be favoured above shooter in the side. Chiefs tend to have, you know, they want to have a reliable kind of experience, more steady kind of wing. And I, I suppose maybe that's your shooter Stevenson. You know, last year, this year, and Narrower doesn't fill that role. You got Etienne Nana Satura on the other wing. He's not that kind of mold. Mm. You know what I mean? So I think if that's the way they're going to keep moving forward, it is shooter Stevenson on that wing. But if they just want all our glitz and glamour, chuck Narrower. <laughs> <laughs> I suggest they do. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that's the Chiefs. That's what we want. That's, yeah. I know. <laughs> that's the Chiefs, but that does take us over to the Crusaders and pre- previewing their side. So, again, get on YouTube and check out the full preview with all the graphics. But uh, big ins this year. You've got a man that, again, very disappointed to see leave the Highlanders, Christian Leo Willie, who was, you know, a, a player that we earmarked last year as someone we wanted to see go around, and he absolutely tore it up. He's such a damaging back rower, and uh, he's probably filling the boots of Pablo Matera. Um, yeah, big boots. I'm not saying that he's going to fill them that well, but uh, I do think he's in and amongst it. <clears throat> yep. He's been the the spot, uh, the guy that's filled that spot in the roster, at least. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, then you've got Willie Hines back. At Lots the- of Willies. Yeah, lots of Willie. Willie, Willie Hines. Yeah. 
Yeah, to be honest, I didn't even pick that up. Uh, but anyway, Willie Hines back at New Zealand, uh, elder statesman these days, I guess, 36 years old. Great he actually played 13 caps for England back in 2019 as well. So just oh, such an yeah. experienced player, and uh, and I think he'll definitely get a lot of game time. Classy, classy halfback. Uh, Milani Nanai, if there was a player that I was excited about so far in the pod, it doesn't actually come close to Milani Nanai back in Super Rugby. And I don't care that it's the Crusaders. I think Milani Nanai should be starting every week. That's my opinion. He is <laughs> so good. He is so exciting. And, look, we think he will fill a role. I mean, they've had a, a role of bridge leaving. Just mm. that he's in the squad. Give this guy game time. And I guess a couple of names that I, uh, non-Bunnings NPC fans might not know as well. Uh, Taha Kamara, uh, who we're going to talk about a lot more in the new Hot Shit podcast. Young 10 that's been picked up from Waikato and potentially the long-term replacement for Richie Mo, And Papasana Patafilo as well, uh, picked up from the Hurricanes squad. Didn't really get much of an opportunity there. But again, just tearing it up at the NPC level and a very, very exciting outside back. Long list of outs for the Crusaders, but we've already touched on Abraham Pohl. One that's left, Pablo Matera, a massive loss for them. He is an imposing figure in any side. Bryn Hall, after, you know, feeling that one of those two halfback uh, jerseys week in and week out, he's another one lost to the side. Tafa Rirangi as well, another one, two, you know, experienced halfbacks for them who have left. Uh, Isaiah Punavai, he's gone across to Sangalith in Japan, one of the centres. George Bridge, a guy who... We said had fallen out of form, but he still had some some glimpses of, of really promising moments. But at his best was a very, very exciting player for them. And Kinney Nahola, a guy we did not want to turn up in this side because we wanted him getting game time. And there's too many guys there. So we've seen him move on to the Hurricanes and hopefully we get to see him actually have a bit of a run. Yeah, he, he's obviously doing the Smith Brothers challenge of trying to play for every Super Rugby team in the, in the competition. So yeah. he's doing very well there. I just... I, I would love to see him to get an opportunity. He's just Obviously, not funny, uh, the hard thing is, if he didn't have his last name, then we probably wouldn't be talking about him because we just haven't seen enough from him. We've seen nothing from him at Super Rugby level. But, um, yeah, have the last name, Nahola. It builds some anticipation and excitement straight away. It does. Uh, if we jump across into the actual starting side, we've got George Bridge in the loose head, our elder statesman Joe Mooney in the tight head. Everyone knows Cody Taylor. Slipping from you know his maybe top top role I think there for for the All Blacks lots of pressure on him but still a very very good player huge locking partnership between Scotty Barrett and Sam Whitelock yes Scott Barrett covered six throughout parts of, of recent years but we've got Ethan Blackadder off the back of an injury you know All Blacks really really quality player filling that six jersey a really exciting one to watch out for this year Tom Christie gets to bulk work week in week out great man in this open side flanker jersey for them and then we've got Cullen Grace who has had his chances in the number eight jersey he's lost them he's been back in Pablo Matera really hurt that um but he had chances back in and out there are a few other names there as well, but we've given him that eight jersey. Another year older, another more year more of experience. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, you might see Blackadder shipped around any of those three jerseys, to be honest. But um, I guess that's probably where we would start ourselves. 
Then in the back line, you've got Mitch Drummond and Richie Moonga. We've got the centres, David Avili and Jack Goodhue. And then in the outside backs, Lester Fanga Anuku, Sebu Reese, and Will Jordan. Not bad. Yeah, they go all right. <laughs> They're the guys you want in your fantasies up. Except for maybe David Avili. He let people down last year. Yeah, I mean, he's trying to be too much of a good inside centre and not a fantasy player, and I don't rate it. Just be a hold, mate. <laughs> Stop passing the ball. Yeah. If we go across to the bench, we've got Brony McAllister as the locking uh, hooker, sorry, bench hooker uh, jersey. Tamati Williams can cover loose head, tight head. We've got him in that loose head jersey because Fletcher Newell, very talented tight head prop. We've got in the squad as well. That lock jersey, there's a, a few more question marks around who takes that bench lock jersey, I suppose, potentially back row as well. But Quinton Strange, Mitch Dunshay uh, as the two men, most likely to cover that locking jersey. They've also got Zach Gallagher. Uh, there's a few names that are that is in that kind of locking compartment for them. There's lots of locks in New Zealand at the moment. Yeah, there is. And they're all, I guess, a lot of them are trying to be the next guys after Sam Whitelock moves along, to be honest. But the next, next. The next, next, next guys. The, the only problem is they've got Patrick Tubalotto and yeah, Scott yeah, Barrett. So there's not a lot of opportunity for these outstanding locks, to be honest, to somehow make a name for themselves. I, I don't really know how you take that next step without being given the chance. But anyway, look, Mitch Dunche, uh injured all last year. So I think he was a real chance to start over Quinton Strange. Strange got a lot of bench time last year because of it, uh, but definitely a lot of competition there. Yeah. And then the next, the last forward, we've got Sione Habili covering that uh, back row role. As you said, Blackout going to shift around. Habili can play a few roles in that as well. Yeah. And uh, reserve backs, we've gone with three again Willie Hines, Braden Enor, and Melanie Nanai. A hashtag get Nanai on. Yes, please. Can we bring that back? Whoever that was on Twitter, if you're listening, get that account back up. Please. All right. Uh, key questions. Can anyone break into this settled side, Nelson? I've got a few names here for you to talk about. Zach Gallagher, Christian Leo Willey, Dominic Gardner, Corey Kello, Dallas McLeod, Peppasana, Patafilo, Chafiaki, all guys that are starting anywhere else. Look, I, I think they get game time. There's so many All Blacks in this squad. You know, you get two or three kind of rest weeks, I think. Is it three for the Kiwis or is it still two? Uh, I think it's two, actually. So th- there's a lot of guys who will have to be on rest weeks. And I- I'm guessing the All Blacks don't go, let's just rest them all against the Rebels. And, you know, in the moment. I'm not saying will they play any minutes. I said will anyone break Why didn't say the These guys will times? get runs, but no. My personal opinion is the answer is no. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> <laughs> they get runs, but they won't break in. Yeah, yeah. This, um, this side is stacked. It's ridiculous. Even the bench is stacked. And and why would Razor yeah. take the risk now? He's going to get a seven from seven. Like, yeah. Why mix it up? Don't don't fix something that ain't broke. Exactly. Right. All right, Nelson. Why won't they win their seventh title in a row? Because the Tars. Oh look! Oh Jesus! We are dreaming when you look at that side. Jesus! <laughs> look, no, I I I think the the big thing is another year of experience for the Blues in, in those kind of big matches, the final last year, that sort of thing. Um, they proved that they can beat the Crusaders. Um, they've got a lot of experience that they're building. But, I mean, if you just keep winning, it's pretty hard to, for other people to get the experience of, of winning those big matches. But 
the I think the pack is catching them rather than they're so far miles ahead. They're still ahead, but the pack is catching them. So if you have a little slip up, you know, they had a huge distance ahead of anyone else. They could slip up a couple times, you know, mm. and they, they're still so far ahead. Whereas now I think, you know, people are creeping and catching up. You slip up in the wrong moment. They don't get a home final. They, you know, something there. I, I know. I don't think the home final ever matters. They didn't have a home final last time. They went to Auckland and won. And, I, and I, can, I can tell you how they don't win. Injuries. They have to have an early red card in the grand final. That's how they don't win. Richie Moonga going down, huge drop off. Bergsberg's good, huge drop. Yeah, Absolutely, you're, you're right. If, if so, he goes down, that's probably the only other way. So yeah. really, it's just cross your cross your fingers and hope for the other teams. That's what we're going with. Yeah. So they they lose two matches in the year when that's when they rest Moana. Um, hopefully, one of those is against the Tars, but that is in at, at home for the Crusaders. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's going to be a tough ask. Going watch, watching some of these red cards and yellow cards at the moment. I think the best way you can play the Crusaders is to duck as the runner into. Yeah, bend at the waist late and make sure you hit their shoulder with your head. I mean, the, the reverse Kazlik. Like yeah, when you're running it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That Kazlik tackles the one that's in my head yeah. where she did everything right and still mean. But it'll, we, we shouldn't dig. We, we digress. We digress. All right. Pushing on. Um, what else have I got here? I can't even see my screen now. Does Razor care about the 2024 Crusaders without Richie and co? Will he try to spend time developing the next lot of players, or do we just see him go? Nah, it's more or less that. It's every game, barring the two, he has the rest. You know, the same with his other top players. Um, I think that he does care about twenty twenty four. I think he wants to leave a legacy. And the other thing I would say is their pathway system is so strong that it'll all be very planned. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, the only other thing I would say is when it push comes to shove, no, he doesn't care though. So I think he wants, he'll, he wants he'll, to win the year. Yeah, he'll give he'll give some opportunity, but no, nah, he he just wants to go seven and seven, and he wants to bag himself a big international job next year. So I've, yeah, which comes to shove? No, no. this is his year to be a little bit more selfish. I think. I think the big thing about a, a system like the Crusaders is you slot in a Fergus Burke, you slot in a Dallas McLeod, you slot slot in a Macca Springer or something like that, and these guys have so much experience currently around them in such a good squad that they can fill their role and perform to a really, really high level. If they do wait for all of that top sort of tier to, to move away, it's much harder for these guys to step up. So uh, he, these players will get chances. He's, he's done it in, you know, recent years and bits and pieces. But, yeah, yeah no, I, I think the main the main goal is win this year and get an international gig. And hopefully it's the All Blacks. That's what he's thinking. Yeah. Stock rising. I've got Ethan Blackadder. Yeah. Pretty obvious one. Injured all year last year. Um, All black in waiting or all black black to be this year, I would think, if he gets back to the form that he had in 2021, he's going to have a big, big season. He's got something to prove. And obviously, World Cup around the corner, I think he's just going to come ripping and tearing from round one. There's a a bunch of guys that are... Just can't rise. (laughs) There's there's so many really good players. Two guys that we've actually named... On the bench, uh, Tamati Williams and Fletcher Newell, they're both very, very good quality players that are working their way towards being starting players for them, you know, taking over some of those older older props. So we think that their uh, stocks are rising, um, you know, much younger, very talented, all Blacks um, players. So we think they're going to continue to build. Yeah, and I guess in the same same breath, stocks falling, we've gone 30-year-old George Bauer, and uh, Irish-born Oli Jaeger. Um, Oli Jaeger, 
he's going to have a tough year. He's, he's had neck surgery. I think he's just started in the gym start of Feb. So he hasn't been cleared to get back in and do any contact or scrummaging anything yet or anything like that yet. So I do mm-hmm. think that, you know, he's he's going to be tough to find his, to force his way back in with those young guys starting to get international experience. And uh, George Bauer, great, get great prop again, has played for New Zealand, but I just think that the, the tide is turning, those two are coming for him. And, you know, in the same breath, Joe Moody, 34 years old. 34. Yeah. I, I mean, I think he's going to be fresh, man. I think he's having a big year. He's pushing for a World Cup. Oh, he wants to be their starting prop. So mm-hmm. I actually don't think the 34 is going to, going to worry Joe Moody. He hasn't played a lot of footy recently either, really. No, look, I, I, he's he's their first choice. But, yeah, you might be able to throw him just because of the age and the, the young guys chasing him yep. into this stock's falling because when he does have chances, he's normally been such a you know long-term, bigger bigger minutes-type prop at, at points as well. Yeah, maybe less minutes this year. Yeah. Um, I got Fergus Burke as well. You know, we, we talked about uh, Kamara coming in, signing as the... They said that he was signing a three-year deal to be the long-term solution at fly half for the Crusaders. If you're Fergus Burke, that is a kick in the guts. But this is something the Crusaders have done. They've they've had a few young tens that have sat there and been there at the wrong time. The next young guy comes up and it's still Moanga. The next young guy comes up and it's still Moanga. You know, yeah, like, but the guy's only going to be one year into the squad. Surely Fergus Burke is the most likely to start every game next year. You assume so. Surely you assume so. But I mean, that's that's some pretty pretty good though. That's a pretty strong wording. That's what that is. Yeah. And Smokey's mate. I haven't said his name. You haven't said his name enough yet. Malani Nano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, if you haven't watched Super Rugby when Milani Nano was there, you, you're going to be surprised. How good he is! He is an exciting player, and this the outside backs of this team is freakish, and we still think we need to see this guy. Kind of and look, Kagi would be very upset if we didn't give it like one, just like sit down <laughs> <laughs> on, on on behalf of Milani Nano. Yeah. And finally, Willie Hines is a smoke. You know, he's older, but he's very, very experienced. And considering the way that the Crusaders ran their nines last year with Bryn Hall and Mitch Drummond kind of sharing 50-50 for the last three or four years. Obviously, Hall kind of established himself maybe a little bit more, but I think that they'll probably do something similar with Willie Hines as well. Can we talk about Milani Nano? If you want. <laughs> Look, I mean, if we get a Will Jordan injury, you throw Havili back there, don't you? Havili's so good. And then you just put Fanganuka into the centres and you've got a spot on the wing for him. You get an injury to a winger, you put him on the wing. You get an injury to... To um, I don't know, Will Jordan or no, not Will Jordan. One either one of the centers. You can shift people in. Like the problem is Braden Enor if they if they try right. and use yes. Enor in the centers. But look, I, I'm with you. I probably the former Fanger and Nuku last year. I, I'd be tempted to push him at yeah. 13. And considering that both Havili and Goodhue can play inside center, it makes sense. But I I, I like it. I like it. <laughs> So we don't, you, don't wish you've, it. you've heard it here first. Yeah. Melanie and I will be the starting winger for the Crusaders by the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Lock it in. Lock it in. Jesus. That's Lock it in, Eddie. Outrageous call. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that finishes up the uh, Crusaders preview. And, of course, it gets us to did it, Deserto. What's it going to do with that? Deserto. Do what? Do what? Do that? We, I thought we could escape that. Kagi wasn't here. Tradition. I, I can't. I can't avoid it. 
So when we're talking dessert this week, um, we are talking about predicting the conference rankings for the side, for the Kiwi sides, in, including Moana Pacifica. So last year, if we just touch on that first of all, it was uh, Blues in the regular season finished first, then Crusaders, Chiefs, Hurricanes, Highlanders, and then Moana Pacifica in last um, a special mention to the Crusaders who obviously won it, so arguably you put them on top. But regular season, the Blues got it done. Well, the interesting thing is they only played each other once, the Blues and Crusaders, throughout the regular mm. season, and it was the Crusaders' home game, and the Blues got the job done. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big, big game, that one, huge. Yeah. But uh, we all were very uh, boring last year. <laughs> we all said the same, Crusaders, Blues, Chiefs, Hurricanes, Highlanders, Moana, Pacifica. And to be fair, we're pretty much bang on. <laughs> have you been boring again this year? Uh, no, I've just picked the right, the right teams, mate. I think it's the exact same. 2023. Let's start with Kagi. Yeah, Kagi's gone Chiefs to win with the return of D-Mac. Oh, huge. And I'm assuming that means that he's got Solomon Alamalo in his wing as well. Surely. Um, then the Blues in second place. Razor fall Ooh. from Grace to third with the Crusaders. That, that'd be something. Moana Pacifica to pull it together with Timothy Tavatavanawai in fourth. The Highlanders and Hurricanes, he was having trouble splitting, but he's gone Highlanders and then Hurricanes. Jeez, that would be all hell if that happened. I, I reckon that's the Thomas Among a Jensen effect that's got the Highlanders over the line there. Yeah. I. It's sad that he's not here so we can debate as to why he's so strong in his belief that this is going to be the... <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. Look, it's it's probably for the best that we don't have him talking. It's, yeah, it's uh, good. It's good for everyone. Yeah. Um, if we go into mine, like this, this was hard. I I wanted to to do something a little bit different to to Harry and what everyone did last year. Um, do, you to, do you want me to say mine so you can rationalise after? Because I feel like you've yeah. gone off the. Yeah, okay, I went Crusaders, Blues, Chiefs, Hurricanes, Highlanders, more than a Pacific Coast. So in other words, the exact same order as everyone last year. <laughs> <laughs> but I've gone the Blues to to take the win. Blues and Crusaders. Have similar home and away games. You know, it, I think it's going to come down to they play each other once at home each, and this is going to be so tight between these two teams that one slip up is going to be the thing that dictates. I, I reckon they'll win one each, and it'll come down to bonus points. Personally, exactly, it's going to be it's going to be marginal. Yeah, right. So I've just done it to be different to you. Kagi's done the Chiefs, so who cares? He's very different. Um, then I've gone in third place. I've actually gone the Hurricanes because the Hurricanes, I think, in the Kiwi draw have the easiest home matches throughout the year, easiest away matches, you know, like not many big names away from home. You know, I, I think that is what's going to get them over the line. I don't think they have a better team than the Chiefs or the Highlanders, but I think they have a All the Highlanders. Or, or the, uh, yeah, or the Highlanders. I like the Highlanders this year. Okay. I really do like the Highlanders well, this that's, year. That's not what your, your pick shows. No, but I said because <laughs> purely based, Chiefs and Highlanders have similar home and away matches, right. like the Blues and Crusaders do. The Canes are the ones that are the lucky, lucky ones out of all this. So I've got them in third, then Chiefs, then Highlanders. Ending on Moana Pacifica, Gia would love Moana Pacifica to leapfrog someone. And last year, that could have been, you know, we could have been talking about that as the Highlanders, but the Highlanders look stronger again this year. So uh, that's what we've got. With. Everyone's gone Moana last, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Okay, except for Kagi, he's gone forward. Yeah, break out these. We've got one listener question here from Rev, uh, a long-time friend of the pod from Rugby Fixation. He said, Stowers was nearly a one-man team last year. Who replaces his jersey and his work rate? Well, I think his work rate is split up 
You know, like yeah. the answer is no one. No one does it by <laughs> himself, right? Yeah. No one does it by themselves. Tom Christie has the work rate around the paddock for for tackles and things. No one gets through as much work as him in terms of tackles and things. Tom Christie. We're going back to Moana Pacifica, sorry. Oh, sorry. Teammate Stowers. I was getting too excited. You were. Um, yes. So, no, definitely no one. <laughs> what am I talking about? There is no one that replaces that man in this side. He was, he was such a big uh, a big influential player for them. Funaki we saw bits and pieces of. You know, he didn't have the same work rate, but was very, very exciting when he was working hard. Chucked right. his team. I want you to back point. I want to, I'm going to give you an answer out of Anisi. Finau, oh no, not Finau, sorry, I got him, we got him at six. Uh, Anisi, Tuapolotu and Funaki, who's your pick? Or is there someone else? Who who replaces him at eight? Or Jack Lamb? Uh, I think maybe it's Lamb at least to start throughout the years, as we've said with his experience. It, it could end up being a Funaki or Tuapolotu. I think maybe it's Funaki if he can step up off the back of the year he had last year. He was pretty, you know, pretty... Physical for them. Yeah. And the, the question about his work rate is interesting as well because I really don't believe that the loose forwards in this team can do that, which might mean that it shoves, shoves that work rate over to the uh, props and locks. So that may be something that means Sam Slade's a little bit more preoccupied with uh, a lot more defence work and we might not get to see his uh, blazing hair mm-hmm. making runs. Stairs is one of the biggest losses throughout this year. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. And in a, in a team that... Does not need losses. Yeah. Sadly. Is right. there else? Is that it? That's it. How good was this probably that party? It's the best, mate. Everyone, as our ratings are always the highest. Yeah. And I, I meant to say as well, mate, we didn't do it at the start of the show, but uh, I saw we're ranked third in the world for all podcasts on our last podcast week. You know, you know, you got to do that on these things. Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> I, I saw that too. I, th- I thought we were bordering second. Yeah, it was close. It was yeah. close. Uh, if you haven't heard... Ben is... Hamish and Andy, those bastards. Yeah. 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 The guys at the top of ARU. Yeah. Or RA. And the Eddie Jones podcast. And the Eddie Jones is doing his own podcast. If you're not listening to that as an Aussie fan, or I mean, you can be Kiwi, you can be Pacific Islander fan, that is one of the best coaches in the game who is talking Six Nations, talking rugby. Not as good as our pod. I mean, if you got to this point, this is this is a big tip for you. But yeah, he's he's pretty good to listen to. And look, the last thing I want to mention before we wrap up as well is the casualty waters out. So I've been trawling through every freaking piece of information. Yep, and that is the nice way of putting it. And I think I've, I've been pretty thorough. I've gotten pretty much everything that's out there at this point. I picked up a few that snuck through the cracks this for a podcast today. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So it's all there. Casualty waters out on draftrugby.com on our blog. So we single most important piece of anything for a drafter. Absolutely. Literally, I, I think it is the single most important thing because you don't only get injuries and who's out, you get when they're returning. You get all these little bits and pieces, and some of them are based not off what's been told to us but off the injuries and, and the background, especially from you as, as a physio. And we've been more correct than articles and other things have been in the past. So that's yeah. something definitely that, to keep an eye on. Yeah, there was, a, there was an interesting one on Jack Goodhue today. It just came through on Instagram. They said, oh, you know, he's had an operation in August coming back from uh, a, a, his ACL operation in 2021 and it didn't heal properly, therefore he's going to have an operation and they expected him to be back in 
nine months and actually you know now he's going to be back at the start for round one and I just thought the lineup just the, you don't return from an ACL recon in five months so they've got it wrong and delved a bit deeper and yeah he's just had a clean out so I think he's just had a meniscus tear which has been cleaned up so nothing nearly that devastating for him in any way shape or form so and sometimes, sometimes yeah that's right so sometimes the information can be a little bit misleading yeah anyway that, that'll do. We should wrap up. This is actually a fast one for once. So it's good. No kagi. Yeah. We'll see you next week. And thank you for listening. Like and share. Sit down.